All right, welcome in. One and all, Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Ryan Valley here. Joined today with Ben Mandel and Corey Jason. Dylan will sit in this one out. So if you guys want to hear his latest thoughts as the NFL, the show, comes to an end. Super Bowl Sunday's around the corner. Make sure you check out the Running Up the Score podcast with Dylan Mel. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Outsider Sports Network and on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Today's the awards show. So Grammys, the Oscars, even the NFL Honors show, it's all, it's it's awards season. We are no different. We're going to give our picks, not our predictions, our picks as to who in our eyes is the MVP, the offensive, defensive players and rookies of the year, coach of the year, all that good stuff. We'll talk our favorite moments of the season, our favorite games of the season. And throughout the NFL playoffs, we discussed our outsiders of the week, shining a spotlight on those guys that aren't household names, at least not yet. And we're going to talk outsider of the year who week in and week out throughout the entire course of the season made an impact on their team and helped them out this year and should be a bigger name as we look to 2023. But guys, let's get started here real quick. We all play fantasy football here, sometimes against each other. So we'll open this up. Our fantasy player of the year. Who helped you guys out the most throughout the 2022 fantasy season? Yeah, for me, I got to go with CMC, Christian McCaffrey himself. You know, he, he goes high in drafts, and it's always tough to have somebody who goes that high be the, the be the one that's the workhorse that really drives your fantasy season forward. But I was all in on him this year. I really felt like he was going to do something. Got him in all three of my leagues. One league I'm in where uh, – beat Ben in the championship, he fell to me at the sixth overall pick. People were just ditching him and dodging him and had wanted nothing to do with him. I said, thank you very much. And I rode him as part of a great running back room all the way to a chip. CMC, the fantasy player of the year for me. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to go a different route. And I only played in one league. So that one league where Corey did beat me in the championship, that was my only league, and my fantasy player of the year is going to be Jalen Hurts, and it's because he saved my season. I ended up starting the year, I think it was like 2-6. and six. Russell Wilson was my starting quarterback. I felt like every week I was putting up good numbers, but quarterback play was killing me. I traded a couple of my backup running backs that were starting caliber running backs for Jalen Hurts, and I ended up going on an eight-game heater getting into the playoffs and making it all the way to the championship game. Second place prize. I'll take it after starting two and six. And it's thanks to Jalen Hurts. I do think I might be able to take Corey down. I did beat him both times when we played in the regular season. If Jalen was healthy for championship week. Tough to beat somebody three times, Ben. We all know this. Ben, I'm with you there. I had one one league myself this year. I also made the mistake of going in with Russell Wilson as my fantasy quarterback. Thankfully, I picked up guys like Tua and Justin Fields on waiver wire, but I'm going to give my big shout out here to Ken Walker. I mean, I went out of the draft. I had Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Ezekiel Elliott as my running backs. I was feeling pretty good. And then Zeke continues to regress year over year. Javante Williams tears his ACL, and the Lions do not know how to use DeAndre Swift, healthy or not. Picking up Ken Walker helped solidify my running back spot a little bit. And I didn't get to the championship, but I did get to the playoffs, and I'll take that because I was able to trade some guys away for extra draft picks next year. But shout out Ken Walker. Another guy that Corey had on this team that I had to play against in the championship 
and Ken Walker. I don't even know if he started Ken Walker that last week. That's how many running backs Corey had. I know he had Saquon Barkley in there as well. I did start Walker. My three starting running backs against you, Ben, were McCaffrey, Barkley, and Walker with uh, Fournette, Dylan, and James Cook on the bench. Sheesh. Yeah, so Corey was a gauntlet. We're going to talk about plenty of guys that were on Corey's fantasy team this year today. That's how good of a team he had. Corey stacked out. All right, let's get into our our awards. So we'll start with the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I'm going to segue into this because my pick Offensive Rookie of the Year was a guy I was just talking about. I'm growing with Ken Walker. I know there's arguments to be made. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, maybe you guys will make those arguments for them. But for me, Ken Walker was just so exciting to watch week in and week out. And maybe it was, you know, I mean, Wilson is a budding superstar. Olave might be as well down in New Orleans. But the quarterback play, I think, hindered them throughout the year. Ken Walker, his ability, I mean, how many times we saw. I know he did it against you guys in that Giants game, taking a stretch play one way, completely bouncing it all the way to the other side for a touchdown. I wasn't the only time he did it this year, but over a 1,000 yards on the season, uh, nine touchdowns, and again, just just exciting to watch. Running backs, I think, definitely the most pro-ready uh, to make that jump into the NFL, so maybe that's part of it, but what, what do you guys got? Who's your pick? I actually have the same pick as you, Ryan. It's Ken Walker. I think he is a huge reason as to why Seattle and Geno Smith were able to have a strong enough season to make the playoffs. And Geno Smith, he's a lot of guys' picks for comeback player of the year, and Ken Walker's a big reason for that. He gave them a good running game. Pete Carroll loves to use it. He saw he had a competent running back in Kenneth Walker, and he really ran with the job this year. He did a fantastic job making plays, keeping Seattle in games, and getting them ahead early with that running game. Yeah, I wanted to go running back. I couldn't bring myself to go with my main man, Pop, Isaiah Pacheco. I couldn't do it, but I wanted to throw out an honorable mention for him because he really stabilized that chief running back room. But I went with what I thought was the obvious choice in Garrett Wilson. He really was just with all the quarterback play going on with the jets, Flacco white, uh, Zach Wilson. He put up 1100 yards, a couple of touchdowns, 83 receptions though. And he just showed himself to be a dog, you know, in that locker room. He was a guy that that team had a lot of turmoil and he kind of just broke through it. I guarantee you if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, he would be the guy we're talking about right now. So, you know, got to shout him out too because he was on fire in October. But I think his teammate Garrett Wilson should be the the one I would give the hardware to. Yeah, great point with Brees Hall there. And Isaiah Pacheco too, for sure. I remember in fantasy season, uh, Pacheco's name started coming up a little bit and I kept an eye on that. And I'll tell you what, there's an argument to be made that he is he's the running back and Kansas City should move on from Clyde Edwards Alaire this offseason. Um, we do have Dylan's picks. He did text those into us. So as we go through, I'll, I'll be listing that off as well. Dylan did also go with Garrett Wilson. So the outsider sports football crew split on offensive rookie of the year. I have a feeling maybe defensive rookie of the year might not be too split. Dylan and I at least have the same pick going with the Jets, Sauce Gardner. Two interceptions, led the league with 20 pass breakups, and only one touchdown allowed this year. I believe it was against Cleveland earlier on in the season. And that one, his only touchdown in his career allowed. You guys going somewhere else, or are you covering with Sauce as well? 
I'm sticking with the sauce. Sauce Gardner was unbelievable in college. And you know what? He proved he can continue that level of play in the NFL. Now, he did give up one touchdown, but that's it. Just one touchdown and only two picks. It's because quarterbacks aren't throwing the ball at him. They know he is going to be covering the guys. They know that whatever receiver he is on is going to have a difficult day. And to command that kind of respect immediately when you get into the league really does show something. Sauce Gardner, to me, no doubt, uh, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, for me, I was, I mean, Sauce is an easy choice and enough said about him. He is the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, defensive rookie of the year. But another one that we should at least throw out there who, I don't want to say came close because Sauce had an all-time year and might have already established himself as the best cornerback in the league. But Aiden Hutchinson had a very good year. Thir- uh, nine and a half sacks, 34 tackles, uh, solo tackles. He had three interceptions. And he just was a menace. I remember watching him against the Giants, and he was everywhere. He was even able to drop back in coverage, picked off Jones. He was a just – he had an insane year for somebody who I didn't think was going to amount to much. After seeing him in college, I thought he was a little overrated, but he really made me eat those words. And he had a great year. But again, Sauce Gardner is the clear-cut defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, it's sauce for sure. But another guy that I, I also want to give a shout out to is Tariq Wollen, the corner up in Seattle. He was a guy I was watching with a lot of interest in the draft process. Saw he ends up in Seattle. Between him and Ken Walker, I mean, those two guys alone had me watching more Seahawks football than I would care to admit at times. Um, going out of my way to watch their games. And he just seems like a magnet around the football. He just finds a way to get the ball in his hands and, and make plays. So definitely Tariq Wollen, Aiden Hutchinson, two bright young stars. But yeah, Sauce Gardner an all-time season this year as a rookie definitely planted his flag in the hierarchy of cornerbacks in the NFL let's move now to comeback player of the year everyone loves a good comeback story and for legal reasons I've been advised not to finish that joke a couple of good finalists here but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey I mean this is a guy that we talked fantasy earlier on this year I had him past couple years and had to deal with him only playing a handful of games stays healthy this year not only does it with the Panthers at the beginning of the year, gets traded to San Francisco before the trade deadline and somehow gets even better. And he was already an all-world talent. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey, I know you guys, the Giants fans, might say something else. Yeah, I'm going with Saquon Barkley. And I know Geno Smith is really the most popular answer for this award. But Saquon just hasn't been the same guy since his rookie year. And that all came flooding back this year. He truly bounced back. He found himself again. And Saquon definitely, I think, deserves comeback player of the year honors because he truly not only came back, but he came back as his best version of himself. Yeah, Ben took the words right out of my mouth. Gino, the fan favorite, he's the darling, but it's got to be Saquon. And just to go and take what Ben said and push it further. He didn't just come back as his best self. He came back as a smarter, more mature version of himself. He didn't have those long runs that we were used to seeing, but he also didn't dance as much. He took those three, four, five-yard bursts that the defenses were giving him, which really helped the team and helped establish with Daniel Jones. He picked it up in the passing game tremendously. He was a massive reason 
for the Giants' ability to win games, especially late, because they didn't leave the rush. They didn't leave the run game behind. They're down 10 points in the middle of the third quarter, and they're still running the rock. Saquon was a big reason for that, and he, I think, deserves comeback player of the year. And, yeah, there's a couple Eagle players I think could be talked about too, Brandon Graham. But I think I think Saquon, after pretty much no healthy years since his rookie year, I think he deserves this one. Yeah, you mentioned Brandon Graham there quick. That's Dylan's pick comeback player of the year, a leader on that Eagles defense. Was one of the few guys I think still here on this roster in 2022 that was with their championship roster in 2017. So that's Dylan's pick comeback play of the year. They had a great rotation on the defensive front. A lot of guys getting involved, making plays, hitting opposing quarterbacks. But let's go to now coach of the year. And this is another one I think we're all going to have the same answer. So I'll let you guys hype him up. My pick is Brian Dable. Dylan's pick is Brian Dable. The Eagles fan giving love to the Giants here for this season. They definitely exceeded expectations, but how do you guys, as Giants fans, let's go from that end. How do you guys feel about Brian Dable, if that's your pick? It is my pick, and the reason why it's my pick is because of what he did with the roster the Giants put out there. And you saw how exposed the Giants roster was once they met a truly better team in Philadelphia. Now, when they played Minnesota, yeah, that was a roster that and a coach team that, you know, Brian Dable was able to beat and keep the Giants in games just with coaching. And it really showed with the Giants improving their win total to what they did and getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy, Brian Dable. There was a day in early September, I believe it was the day after the Giants beat the Titans, where I logged into my FanDuel account said, you know what? I have faith. Dropped a couple shekels on it, and if he pulls this out, it'll win me a good uh, good chunk of change. I had faith all year long in Brian Dayball. He proved me right time and time again, and I couldn't be happier that the Giants have found a real one. Not somebody that only the players rally around, but somebody that the fans can take pride in knowing that he's running their team. We tried to force ourselves to love Joe Judge, but there's just something about Dayball that just – that makes us feel happy for what the future is going to hold for the franchise. And I think that's a good sign. And there's no harm in giving this award to a rookie head coach. I think, I think that that's a good thing for the league. Yeah. A lot of love immediately won over the hearts of giants fans. Brian Dable did this year. And I mean, I, I think he's the runaway pick for this award, but I mean, I think if Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni end up taking the award, I don't think you could be too upset either. They did great, too. Doug Peterson coming back to coaching. Obviously, he has a little more of a pedigree than uh, Sirianni and Dable. And Sirianni, all he did was lead one of the best teams all year. Let's go on to players of the year now. Let's start with defense because this is another one I think we will mostly be on the same page with. Dylan and I at least are. Nick Bosa led the league 18 and a half sacks. Just an absolute game wrecker, a force to be reckoned with week in and week out. Are you guys going a different direction than Nick Bosa? I am actually, and here's why. And it's something that we talked about going into championship weekend last weekend. The Cowboys defense was viewed as one of the best defenses around the league, but their secondary is very weak. Well, Micah Parsons is a big reason why this defense gets the recognition it does. And, you know, we asked ourselves, is 
the Dallas defense better than San Francisco's or Philadelphia's. And the only reason why that Dallas defense is in the equation is because of Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is truly the best defensive player in the league. The numbers may not look that way uh, in terms of sacks, but while he's one of the best pass rushers in the league, he can also drop back into coverage as well. He does much more than just rush the passer. The Cowboys utilize that, and it shows how lethal he is to opposing offenses. Yeah, those are all good picks. I, I was stuck between Nick Bosa and Sauce Gardner, and I think, I think I'm going to give it to Sauce Gardner. Again, he's a rookie, he's young, but I truly believe he's the best cornerback in all of football now. We talked about his stats earlier, so I don't need to rehash any of that. But if anybody's going to take this away from Nick Bosa, who had a fantastic year, somebody who only gave up one touchdown as a rookie and will no doubt get better in the years to come. I, I think it's the guy that took the biggest jump in that sauce. So Corey has the New York Jets getting a lot of hardware this NFL awards season. Over to Offensive Player of the Year. Let me start uh, with Dylan's pick. He has Justin Jefferson here. And, I mean, Jefferson, a great season. I think he, I mean, his first two years was enough for him to be in the conversation as one of the best receivers. And then he just completely under, um, in that new Vikings offense, just completely takes that sort of nuclear level jump. Um, where I think year in and year out, he should be viewed as top two. Do either of you guys have Justin Jefferson as your pick? You guys can talk about him more. I don't have Jefferson. He is a fantastic talent. I don't think that this is a receiver award, and I understand the MVP is a quarterback award. I think that the Offensive Player of the Year should be the MVP runner-up, essentially. And this is going to Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, not because he should be the MVP runner-up, but because I think he was truly the best offensive weapon in the NFL this year between his ability to run and throw the ball. You need one yard on a QB sneak. They were automatic this year, and they were able to run QB sneaks for on fourth and ones on their own side of the 50 frequently. That is an offensive weapon, not to mention the fact that he's able to stretch the field and the Eagles blew everybody out. And I know he had weapons and talent around him, but his wheels are what makes the team go. You saw what happened when Gardner Minshew was under center, who we all agree is a serviceable quarterback. The Eagles go with Jalen Hurts. He should be the offensive player of the year. Yeah, I'm going to hard disagree with Ben's reasoning for that just because at that point he should just be the MVP because there's nothing separating the MVP from the offensive player of the year by that logic. I think the MVP is a quarterback award. So the offensive player of the year should be for a skilled position. And for me, that's Justin Jefferson, who had one of the best wide receiver uh, seasons we've seen since Cooper Cup last year. <laughs> But uh, just in general, he was a great wide receiver, set records for the Vikings, 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns, was just just insane with a very mediocre quarterback and Cousins who, you know, only was able to get it done during the 1 o'clock hour. I, I think Jefferson is the clear-cut choice for player of the year, but I think that Hurt should be more in that MVP uh, that MVP talk instead of offensive player of the year because 
you can't have him win one and not the other at that at that rate, in my opinion. Yeah, that's definitely a popular debate these days on, well, is the MVP just goes to the best quarterback. I certainly think Cooper Cup should have been the MVP last year. That was a historic season, a triple crown season, I believe. You just rarely see those throughout history, really. But I'm with Ben. Again, we're split two and two here. I gave my Offensive Player of the Year award to Jalen Hurts because in that context of looking at MVP, it's a quarterback award. You're going to look at the passing stats. And Jalen Hurts did miss those two games, but and we'll talk about – I think Ben and I certainly share the same MVP here now. Um, but Jalen Hurts' passing stats just not up to par with the other finalists. It's his rushing that really closed the gap a little bit. So I kind of looked at him more as he's just the best offensive weapon. And I kind of put those those glasses on saying, oh, yeah, this is a quarterback award, so I'm going to look at what is that quarterback doing passing-wise more so than anything. Um, but certainly I think it is a notion we should get away from. So I'm not exactly helping the case here this year. But, yeah, Cooper Cup I think should have been MVP last year. I think Derrick Henry certainly should have been uh, his 2,000-yard campaign a few years ago. But, yeah, my pick, Offensive Player of the Year, Jalen Hurts, which means my MVP pick, so is Dylan's. I have a feeling this will be another uh, quick discussion here. It's Patrick Mahomes, the only player to throw for 5,000 yards this season. He had 41 touchdowns. Just continue. You know, we I think we started to almost write the Chiefs out a little bit, as strange as that sounds, because here comes Cincinnati off a Super Bowl appearance last year. Everyone's pushing Buffalo to the front of the conference. This is the Bills' year. This is their conference. Let's not forget, this is still Patrick Mahomes is you need to beat him when it matters, not halfway through the regular season. You need to go into Arrowhead and win that type of game. And just no one outside of Joe Burrow once, no one has consistently yet. This is still his conference. He had a great year, phenomenal year this year. Chiefs still at the top. Any input from you guys here for Mahomes? Yeah, and Mahomes is my pick. Now, my reasoning is a little bit different, and this is actually going to tie into my Offensive Player of the Year argument for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is truly the best offensive weapon in the league, but Patrick Mahomes has proven that he can go out there and win no matter what's around him. Jalen Hurts has put together this season, his best season, with all of this talent around him. Patrick Mahomes, this is his first season where he's had Tyreek Hill taken away from him. This is a season where his running back and Clyde Edwards-Alaire wasn't working out. So he made guys like Jarek McKinnon and uh, Pacheco work out. Now, I know you guys are high on Pacheco, but this is a guy who made everyone around him better. He's elevated the talent. And what I know it's a regular season award, but what he's done in the playoffs and playing on just one leg has proven that he really just goes out and wins no matter what. It doesn't matter who's around him. As long as he is on the field, the Chiefs have a chance to win and they will be the favorites. Couldn't have said it better myself at the end. When he's on the field, the Chiefs are the favorite. It's it's Mahomes. It's always been Mahomes. It'll always be Mahomes. Kind of like in baseball, when you start the year, the AL MVP is Trout's award, and it's up to everybody else to to catch up. Or I guess you can say Otani now since Trout kind of stayed hurt. But the point remains the same. You know who's going to win it, and it takes somebody having a all-time year to even knock them out of the, uh, the discussion. That's Jalen Hurts this year, was the only other player who could have even 
got to Mahomes' level by having just an incredible season. And I think those two games, I don't want to say disqualified him, but you got to play. You got to play every game. And I think those injuries really hurt his case as much as it sucks to say. I just think Mahomes, I guess, had his best year yet, and he's only going to get better as long as he stays healthy. So it, it's Mahomes. It's it's going to be Mahomes from, from now on until something changes. I just want to add the stigma of Jalen Hurts missing those two games is really terrible in my opinion, because guess what? If the Eagles had clinched that number one seed, which they end up getting anyway, if they had clinched it and then Jalen Hurts didn't play the last two games, no one would bat an eye. But since he got hurt and missed two games while they were trying to clinch the top seed, all of a sudden this hurts him in, in the MVP conversation. I don't think it should. Oh, you're totally right. If they clinched and he didn't play because they clinched, then nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. But that's not what happened. He got hurt and didn't play in the games that were probably most important to the team at that point. And I don't necessarily subscribe to that thinking. But I I think in this case, it did affect it because he was in a tight race. And that gave Mahomes the edge those extra two games. Yeah, it's 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 a flawed system. We could sit here and talk about how we award the MVP uh, award, but it's another point. He misses these games, and look what happens. The Eagles lose both those games. So that shows you just how valuable Jalen Hurts is to that team. He was sixteen and one, including the playoffs, as a starter. Only the one loss, zero and two without him in those games he misses. Let's go on to a couple of fun awards here to wrap up. Moment of the year, just one quick snapshot throughout the 2022 season that just, you know, this is what you're leaving this season with. This was something that's going to stick in your head for a while. For me, it's Christian McCaffrey. He was just recently traded to the San Francisco 49ers. And what does he do in one of his first couple games there? He scores a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a passing touchdown, becoming one of the first players in, I don't even remember how long to do so in one game. And for me personally, this is funny. Back in Madden, must have been like 13 or, you know, whatever, almost 10 years ago now, uh, my buddies and I would do superstar leagues and I would create I almost created Christian McCaffrey before I knew who McCaffrey was, this running back that could kind of do it all. And this is what I would do in Madden. I wouldn't trust the AI quarterback to win games, so I'd call Wildcat passing plays, and I'd be throwing touchdowns. But that was something I love seeing this season. What from this season is going to stick with you guys? This is going to sound a little cliche, but it has to be Naheem Hines returning the kick for a touchdown in the first play since DeMar Hamlin's injury for Buffalo because the chills that I'm getting now just talking about it, it's really just one of those special moments. It's like when the Angels went out and threw a combined no-hitter and all the numbers lined up with Tyler Skaggs. It's just one of those moments where it feels like higher forces may be involved. The D. Gordon home run after Jose Fernandez. Exactly. A guy who doesn't hit home runs, hitting a home run. It's it's just one of those things in sports where it feels like it's meant to happen. Yeah, for me, I, I struggled with this one. I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel that there were an abundance of moments from this season that in five, ten years, we're going to look back on and be like, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember when that happened. The Hines one for sure. So I, I kind of took this moment in a different direction. 
I took it as Brady's second retirement. The video he posted, waking up that morning, seeing it. Brady's a GOAT, and I think anytime the greatest that ever played leaves a sport, that's a moment worth taking note of. So that's what I went with for the moment, is Brady's Brady's retirement, the real one this time. We're all holding our breath. It's the real one this time, for sure. Uh, Dylan's pick for moment of the year was the Justin Jefferson catch when the Vikings traveled up to Buffalo and to take on those bills. That will certainly, I think, live a, a step or two below the Odell Beckham catch from all those years ago, but that was a great play by Jefferson in that moment when you consider the context. These were two heavyweights uh, meeting at the time. For game of the year, uh, we'll stick with Dylan's pick here. He chose the Chiefs at the Chargers week 11. Tight divisional game. The Mahomes and Kelsey connection was as good as ever. Kelsey, I believe, three receiving touchdowns in that game. For me, I'm going to go one that I almost forgot even happened this year because it happened in week two, Miami at Baltimore. This is a game that I think really put Miami on the map a little bit. This was, I mean, Baltimore was up and ahead and Tua and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill came storming back, ended up winning that game. And I just remember seeing Jalen Waddle in my starting lineup of her fantasy, just racking the points up. So that's one that I definitely enjoyed seeing. How about you guys? Game of the year. I have two because I think that the Super Bowl is going to be the best game of the year. So I, I guess that's kind of cheating, but whatever. Those are the two best teams. I can't wait to see them play. Now, the Giants and Vikings game in the playoffs is going to be my favorite. That's my game of the year. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. It felt like the game could go either way for the most part. Xavier McKinney steps up and makes the big tackle on TJ Hawkinson on fourth down Giants end up winning a very special moment as a Giants fan and really just a terrific game. Yeah. I'm going to start off by asking Ryan to just mute the, uh, the call right now. I don't need him to to hear this. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, don't. I already know where you're going with this. I knew someone was going to do it. Go ahead. I kind of had to the Colts Vikings game where the Vikings came back 33, nothing at half. Win it in overtime, 39-36. I live bet the Vikings down at that point sometime in the middle of the third quarter just because I, I kind of saw the way the script was going. And, I mean, I don't want to, to open uh, old wounds, so I'm not going to say too much about it, but I think just a record-setting comeback in a high-scoring game is almost everything you want in a game-of-the-year contender. Yeah, for sure. The first three quarters of that game, if it would have just, oh, if it would have just ended there, would have been great. One other shout I do want to give was that, uh, speaking of comebacks, that Chargers Jaguars playoff game was another great one. Um, but final award here, let's wrap up with this outsider of the year. Dylan's pick, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, had to come in. He was thrown into action and he just goes undefeated as the starting quarterback until that NFC championship game where he, has the UCL injury and literally cannot even throw a football. For me, I'm going to go with Jamal Williams. As a DeAndre Swift fantasy owner, I was excited for this season, and Jamal Williams quickly took all that excitement away. All he did was score more touchdowns than he had in his career up to this season. He had 17 this year, which was a franchise record, beating the great Barry Sanders' record uh, from his short stint in Detroit, a short legendary career of Barry Sanders. Jamal Williams, I mean, say what you wanted. He was a goal line vulture, but 
reliable. You know, six games with multiple touchdowns, almost unheard of. So I got to give love to Jamal Williams. He just, and if I was the NFL, I would just love to be in the same locker room as Jamal Williams. He just seems like such a fun guy. Yeah, I'm going with Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. The guy came into this season. The Giants didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They're looking like they're about ready to move off of him. A lot of people are wondering if he can be a quarterback in the league. Now, he looks like he's going to get paid this offseason, and the Giants, along with a few other teams, are going to be willing to pay him. Yeah, for me, Geno Smith came out of nowhere after being a nobody, really, written off by every team he's been on going to Seattle really was the true outsider in my opinion, because he was outside the league looking in, didn't have a spot. It's basically just another body there in Seattle, San Diego, the jets, the giants just, just went around. And I think Geno Smith proved to everybody that he still got something in the tank and he's my pick for the outsider of the year. That'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us, Instagram at Outsider Sports Network, Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Look us up on TikTok and YouTube. Search up Outsider Sports. Share your thoughts on our picks. Give us yours and join us later this week. We take a deep, deep dive into what Ben hopes to be game of the year. We all hope it's game of the year. The Super Bowl, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Here we go. For the shit I stand by So what kind of turn you on Seven months from July Eat the pussy like a ride When I met her she was shy Never started to keep dry Never Paris in a cry Where the penny has supply Latest Gucci's and Fendi's But first we got a vibe Girl my hand kind of don't Tell her still what it's like Keep it sim Taking arrows through my heart I can't lie Must accuse it for I be the one who chase until Please let me go You can do better These times are hard Just let me go And don't you settle For nothing more than you